Um, I'm a milk blackness for all that it has. You know, it's a stick up. Like if I get to write about something, I'm gonna write about something black. Hey y'all. Welcome hey. to the Empowerment Zone. Oh, <laughs> it has been a minute. It, it sure has. Um, sorry y'all. This record has been rough. Um <laughs> it has the empowerment zone. The zone where you are fighting tooth and nail to get into that one major specific class that you need this quarter. Listen, listen, my remote period is tonight when we're recording at 11 p.m. So we're all going through it. I hope y'all enrolling your classes because I'll be up. <laughs> For any new listeners here, let's introduce ourselves, Jasmine. My name is Giovanna. I'm a second year and I am a peer counselor, a part of the academic support program. Hey y'all, I'm Jasmine. I'm a third year um, HBS major, AFA minor. And I'm the administrative assistant for Academic Supports Program. Now, the Empowerment Zone was created by the Academic Support Program. And basically, you created this radio show slash podcast as kind of like a place so we can talk about empowerment, how different Black students feel empowered, um, interview different Black student leaders, talk about the different pillars of our ASP. Right. And last, last, last episode... <laughs> way, way back when, <laughs> we talked about self-advocacy and community service. And this time around, we're talking about self-learning and all of that involves with learning about yourself as a Black student and different intersectionalities. Right. And for this particular pillar, we've invited a couple of different Black student leaders, you know, one of them being the leader of Black, which is the Black LGBT organization after school, the other one being the leader of ALC, the Afro-Latinx organization after school, and I believe one more. Um, I'll be hosting um, because of all those guests, so you'll be able to hear from her and her experiences as well working in ASB and her various identities that inform her experience at UCLA. But we're going to get into the music and then we're going to have a little conversation. Ice cream in my Sunday sweater. 
patent leather tethered to a fancy car. No, you wanna touch me in your old religion caviar. Holy water avatar. Blue like the tears when I left you. I met you on Saturday morning. It's raining and storming. Approach me with caution. I come with the warning. Shoot me off my feet. I'll probably clean my act up. I swear I'll be on my best behavior. From this day forward, a lifetime after. If you're my baby, and I know this world is so I used to dream in parables, partially love you naturally, happily ever after. Cigarettes over blunts, now miracle whip at fun town, summertime. Delight, delight, Mississippi over ice, Janet Jackson and flashing lights. We could dance a little if you like to. My vagabond's a lonely road, a celebrated haiku. Contemporary overzealous, think I really like you. Sing with me, sing with me, paranoia like you. Piano was a deep red, your fingers were a green hue Watching make a rainbow out of sacrificial love In the club off the alley, alley, feeling holy The DJ was religion, I swear on the Pope, he know me Name is just Jesus Don't call me crazy And rain don't feel like rain It's been so common lately love is just what Welcome back. I hope you've all enjoyed the music that we've listened to. Started vibing, you know what I'm saying? So, we have some questions for our guests. First off, please introduce yourselves um, and tell me about the orgs that you're a part of. Um, I'll go first. Hi, my name's Jayla. My pronouns are she, they. I am a fourth year CogSci major. Um, and I'm the president of Black, and basically what Black does is we um, are an org for Black queer individuals. We advocate for them and, like, just hold safe spaces so that, you know, people have a place to come to and feel welcome and open and safe. What's up, y'all? My name is Reggie. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a fourth-year undergraduate student at UCLA, and I'm the co-president of Afro-Latinx Connection at UCLA. Um, we are a student-ran organization founded in 2018. Um, our mission is to bridge the gap between the African diaspora and the Latinx communities while educating those on Afro-Latin cultures, histories, and existence. And our community pillars are community, arts and culture, and political education. Her, okay. And Giovanna, y'all all know her, but she can like reintroduce herself and talk about the orgs that she's in. Right, right, right. Hi, y'all. My name is Juana Tanku. You guys know me. Been here for a minute, right? One of your co-hosts turned guest this episode. And I'm just here. Um, I'm a second year sociology major. Um, she, they pronounce as well. And I'm here just representing ASB and representing my individual's journey as a first-gen student. Okay. We love to hear it. Okay. I have a little check-in question. It's week seven. We're almost going into week eight. It's been a long, cold, rainy winter quarter. What are you guys doing to practice self-care as Black students just in general? How are you taking care of yourselves by the end of this quarter? How are you feeling? Um, For me personally, um, I'm trying to just practice self-love by being kinder to myself and like giving myself gifts 
um, giving myself time to do hobbies that I enjoy. Um, and maybe that's just an excuse for senioritis, but honestly, I've been feeling like a lot better by like <laughs> prioritizing fun things over work. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, I also read, I read All About Love by Bell Hooks over the summer, the book that like everyone is reading. Um, and I took a lot away from it during the summer, but then I kind of forgot about it during fall quarter. And I'm like trying to come back to those principles now. And um, that's why I'm trying to like be more intentional about, you know, just taking like basic care of my body, like drinking water, eating food, being nice to myself, like not saying mean things about myself in my head. And yeah, like prioritizing my own happiness over like midterms and attending discussions and doing the required readings because I have I have not been doing any of that. <laughs> listen, listen. Do it in the name of self-care. Yeah, I feel all of that. Um, especially about Bell Hooks. I love Bell Hooks. I'm a Bell Hooks devotee. Um, she's one of my favorite authors. And I guess like for self-care, honestly, I've been reading a lot especially this month I was through a challenge where I try to read all black authors or get to a lot of the black authors um I want to get through that the year in the month of February um so I've been reading a lot of Tavia Butler I've been reading a lot of James Baldwin now I think about it Octavia Butler's books stress me out but like it's like a good stress out <laughs> because I know that like when I'm putting down this time and being intentional, I'm like actually doing something that could like to benefit me and soul. Um, and yeah, just kind of be a little bit more intentional about my time. Can I ask um, what books you're reading? Because I, during the summer, I was like, I'm gonna read all Black authors too. I had like 10, my goal was 10 books. And I, I did read some Octavia Butler. So I was wondering like, what are you reading? Um, I reread Kindred and I read Fledging, Fledgling, and now I'm reading um, Parable of the Sower. Yeah. I read I read Kindred and Parable of the Sower, and they they are stressful. Like I won't lie, <laughs> but they're good. Um, looked at different videos about Kindred, and like I think I had to do that for like a t- future esque class for like one of my GEs. Lord have mercy. I was like, homegirl's going through it. She saw no peace in that book, let alone like the summary that I heard about it. So I'm like, I'll part to y'all. <laughs> I saw like a billboard when, like, you know how we drive around in LA, there's like billboards everywhere. And I think they're making a show out of it. Yeah, they made, it, they made a show on uh, Hulu about Kendrick. It's really good. I saw the first two episodes, so I'm not done yet. Um, But I would say, self-care during week seven for me has been rest like getting my full eight hours of sleep um (laughs) I would say rest I would say working out when I can just moving my body uh similar to what Jayla said like making sure I'm meeting my body's basic needs of you know get being nourished uh eating my vegetable fruit smoothies uh drinking water and honestly, doing nothing but watching YouTube videos like podcasts. So that's been my self-care week seven. And yeah. Who are your go-tos? I would say my go-tos are really platforms rather than like specific podcasts. Um, I would say The Breakfast Club is one. Breakbeats Media. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, like, Don't Call Me White Girl. Um, All Money R&B Podcast by Tank and them. Yeah. Just Breakfast Club interviews recently. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. I like Breakfast Club. 
sure. I'd love to see it. I feel like I'll just answer the question too. Why not? I've been trying to prioritize drinking a lot of water. I recently got a new water bottle. I lost my old one. Um, but it like marks like time periods of how much I should be drinking. So I've been doing that, trying to go back to the gym, trying to get a little buff, you know what I'm saying? Summertime is coming up. Not to say you gotta be buff in the summertime, but hey. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit buff for some time. <laughs> um yeah. Well, like taking care of my basic needs, water, try to work out, trying to eat well because I feel like that affects my health and my mood. So yeah. Next question. How would y'all define self-learning? It can be like a very broad definition, like how you like, have you learned about your own identities while attending UCLA, possibly while growing up? Like, how have your identity informed your sense of being? Like, how has that worked out for y'all and your different identities that you like? I can go first. Um, so, obviously, self-learning is like really good at ASP. And the way I kind of defined it, um, or I feel like the more, like, universal de definition is when, like, a student learns about like themselves and what works for them and what works for them like, academically and such um and how they can like succeed in that realm but I think like specifically as marginalized students as black students self-learning kind of means learning about um our our identities um our backgrounds how we can navigate space the spaces we want to take up um what we want to do with that knowledge I feel like a lot of our success comes from understanding that there's people that came before us um, and we have legacies um, that we're following through with. So yeah, when I think of self-learning, I just kind of think of uh, being the intentional effort to learn about my history and learn about my culture and about my ancestors, about the people that poured into me to ensure, to ensure that I'm in this place right now. Um, and by learning more about myself, I can better advocate for myself. Um, I have more faith in myself and I really suffer um, with imposter syndrome the way that I used to because I've been so intentional with self-learning. I, I definitely agree. I kind of had two takes on this question. I have like more of an individual view and then also like a community view. Individually, like my biggest thing is journaling. I don't know why I didn't say that when we did the introduction question, but like I love journals I have like this really nice like I get these like nice fancy notebooks and I like just write and I I mainly like people journal in different ways I mainly do mine when I am feeling like bad <laughs> um but um it really helps me to understand like where are these emotions coming from like why am I reacting in this way how can I process this like in a healthy manner and like the more I journal the more like my thought processes change and I learn about myself and I can come from a place of understanding when I'm like feeling certain emotions that's like an individual level I definitely I definitely recommend journaling um but also like through community I feel like a lot of your identity also comes from like the impact that you make on other people and like the bonds that you share with other people so um not not to promo well to promo my own org black hosted like a building community event um a couple weeks ago and it was just like um, a Black queer gathering for undergrads, grad students. We even had like alumni come in. We had faculty and staff. It was really nice. Just like being in a room full of people that share your identity and being able to like open up and discuss like some of the 
commonalities that we have, some of the things that we've been going through. Um, and it really helps to know who you are through your connections with other people. Like, this is what we share. This is what we have. Um, and just knowing, like, even if I don't, I'm not, like, friends with these people, I'm like, hey, like, let's hang out. Like, I know I have these people to reach out to if I'm ever going through something. And that's also really important, too. I think for me, uh, self-learning, when I think of self-learning, I think of self-empowerment, um, awareness, like, to be aware of not only what you want to learn about or like what you what you what you come into from realizations, but how it can empower you. Um, I think about as a student here, as a black student here on campus, uh, I think self-learning has came from a place of having a toolbox um coming from our like, you know, respective communities and how those tools we've been able to use them. You know, I think about when it comes to self-learning, like we're able to come to these realizations, we're able to be self-made in our own ways and how we practice those through our organizations, through our toolboxes um, that we may have cultivated um, from community or family or friends um, back home or, you know, uh, whatever home is for us in that way. And I think when it comes to identity um, and personally how I've been able to self-learn through myself. Like we have the internet, like our generation has access to TikTok, like information is constantly being uh, reintroduced to us or, or regurgitated. And I think for me as an Afro-Latino, as a Afro-Salvadorian, who's also African-American, um, being a black American and Afro-Latino, um, I think for me, identity has came from self, um, self-seeking, self-learning, self-seeking, right, ALC as an organization. When I came to UCLA, um, I wanted to find a space, or I stumbled, I really found a space that uh, understood my identity that I'm Black and Latino, and there's no separation between the two. I think growing up in LA, LA County, period, there's this notion that you can't be Latino and there's no Black people, but there's literally Black people everywhere, especially in Latin America and the Caribbean, um, so I think for me, it came from a place of like self-seeking, uh, seeking community and uh, really, you know, kind of adding to what everyone else said, this idea of like community being a reflection on how we understand and learn about ourselves, like being in spaces like AOC and we get to learn about different Afro-Latin cultures and de stress with dance and just have Black Picas, which are conversations in Spanish about you know, nuanced experience that Black people in Latin America or who have a title Latin America in the Caribbean experience where it's like anti-Blackness, but not just anti-Blackness, like the beauty, the diasporic beauty and contributions and excellence um, within those respective regions and these communities across the diaspora in Afro-Latin America. So I feel like for me, um, it's been beautiful, like just to, to add on to what each of our orgs and communities offer and have given to us so much on, on campus, just like a sense of belonging, a sense of safety, a sense of empowerment. So, yeah. No, I think like the self-seeking thing also really resonated with me. I remember being a freshman and um, we would have like the Harambe Council dinners. And that's how I found about about Black. They were there and I was like, like, this is a place that's meant for me. This is someone, a place for someone with my identity. Um, and then you like take, you go there and you're like, wow, like this is my community, these are my people. 
Um, and just having that space is so important. And it really does help you feel secure in your own identity, knowing that others are there to support you and relate to you. Yeah, I know UCLA has been really illuminating in that aspect. Um, I feel like I I didn't recognize, or maybe it's just the particular environment that I grew up in, kept up in LA. I grew up like in the valley, um, and that comes with its own social politics. There's like a lot of white flight, and like there'll be like our communities will be there. Just a, there's odd demographics, and I felt myself um, always like on the outside, not just as a black student, but as um, an African student, a first-time African student, you know. And it wasn't until I flew to UCLA. I experienced like all of these different types, different types of ways to be black and all of this diversity within our community and all the type of cultural orgs that we really emphasize, even though like Afrofest um, a couple of weeks ago, things like that, events like that, that promote us to be proud in our individual cultures. Um, and I think even like learning about cultures that don't necessarily belong to them have been like really like illuminating it's kind of seeing that similarity or those differences and still being able to see how we can connect I do like that too I like that how like a lot of black works have been very welcoming to me even if I don't share that identity like I've been to NSA's culture show or just things like that um and I it really does feel like even though we all have our own little spaces we do come together in unity a lot of the time and I think that's really um important to self learning as well just learning about how you can relate to other people that share different experiences with you but you're still in community with no i think about too just like when it comes to being a black student and self-learning here it's often to experience we really understand what self-learning is and we have the opportunity and maybe disadvantage too um as black students to like really understand like oh snap i failed in this class or oh snap i experienced this let me gather myself, let me reach out to ASP, let me reach out to AAP, let me reach out to someone to really like re regather myself. And I think about just how community, especially here at UCLA as black student, um, and just all the different types of black orgs that we that we have here, we really we really hold each other down. Like I think I think that a lot of times, especially at PWIs, um, that type of community and like togetherness is kind of not there sometimes so i kind of think about how at ucla especially um we just have that and i think that that within itself is a privilege and a blessing so i'm gonna say that too yeah definitely there's like a whole bunch of different organizations that you can get a part of different ways you can identify as being black it's not monolithic um i think that's a beautiful part of being at ucla sometimes you don't get to experience that in multifaceted ways in your own communities, especially if it's like not safe for you to be black in your own community, but like back home, it's something that you can really experience different Harambe Council orgs at UCLA, which I think is pretty beautiful. So you guys are kind of went over what your programs do to promote self-learning, but is there anything else that you would like to promote that your programs do to enhance self-learning of students here on campus? black students here let me get that correct <laughs> um this is something we haven't launched yet but it's in the works so like little sneak peek of something we're gonna do in the future we're gonna host like an advice column called dear black and just let like our instagram followers submit 
questions about like navigating being black and queer and open it up to either like board members to answer and like post on the story or like open it up to audience if they want to answer it depends on like obviously it depends on what the questioner is comfortable with me being a fourth year I would love to give like my share my experiences with um first years or even like now have questions about navigating um a school like this where you're in the minority and there's not a lot of support systems like we need to be our own support systems um I think when I think but I know for AOC like our quarterly programs uh, that are featured is uh a GBM right so general body meeting which is usually educational um culturally relevant and educational but um our distress with dance which is week 10 where we hire a black Latinx uh, dance artist and instructor to teach us, you know, an Afro-Latin dance. We'd have Afro-Cuban, Afro-Brazilian, Afro-Peruvian, Garifuna uh, dance artist. Uh, we also have FOLA, so Foods of Afro-Latin America, which is a, another another quarterly program that highlights um, and celebrates Black African contributions in Latin American cuisine. And I think through the work that we do, right, cultural education is political, because I think oftentimes when we're thinking about Latin America and the Caribbean, especially in the U.S. context, um, it's I mean, around the world, but I think especially in Latin America and in these specific cultures, um, Black people are often erased um, or attempted to be erased culturally um, in their contributions. So I think for Black students, you know, students who come to our program, they're like, oh, snap, like, I didn't know this food came from this. Or like, I thought salsa was just like Mexican. <laughs> it's just my bad. That's not funny, but. They, someone really told me, like, I thought salsa was Mexican. Like, I'm like, dang, you didn't even get the country right. Like, it's from Cuba, but Cuba. But, and it's like, but people don't know that Af Afro-descended people created salsa, just like uh, other genres of dances and, and music. So it's like, um, in our diaspora of Black people, you know, sometimes we don't know these things. Um, and I think for Black students, Black students, that's important, right? And I think when it comes to another point of learning, not just culturally, which is political in our organization, um, but to also recognize like not all Afro-Latinos or Afro-Latinas are light-skinned um, or they're mixed or X, Y, and Z. Like there's dark-skinned um, Afro-Latinas in our organization um, who are alumni of our organization who currently do work for dark-skinned um, Afro-Latina Black folks. So it's just like, I think that's a learning point too that a lot of people don't realize and I think, too, it's a beauty, um, even for myself, relating from my personal experience, like coming into ALC, I didn't identify as Afro-Salvadorian, even though my mother is an Afro-Indigenous descendant Salvadorian, right? She has Indigenous and African roots. But I think oftentimes in Latin America, when it comes to Black identity, uh, uh, speaking to Salvadoran, you know, Salvadoran, like countries like that specifically, um, oftentimes students don't know, like, that I mean, I think we hear like that common discourse, like, oh, I'm Dominican, I'm Dominican, I'm not black, I'm not black, or I'm Puerto Rican, but like they're darker than me, or they're darker than some of us, and like they black. So it's just like I think we have to understand and meet people where they're at. Um, there's people in our organization and black people, right, who are not uh who are not Afro-Latino, Afro-Latina, who may not understand the severity of identity and the power of identity. So for me, like coming into LC, I was just like, Oh, yeah, I'm black and Salvadorian. But I'm like, no, let's unpack that. Like, obviously, there's African descendancy um, on my mom's side that I didn't really acknowledge or realize because for so long growing up, that people when you're not taught as a Salvadorian or just like a lot of different uh, 
Latinos that, you know, you identify as Afro something. Like some people know, like you don't have to say you're Afro something to know you're black. But I think in my context, I'm like, no, we're Salvadorian, but we don't look like all these other Salvadorians who are maybe light-skinned. They look they look like J-Lo Cesar Chavez type. You know, we look very different. You know what I mean? And I think that was really important for me to realize because you have people in the organization who, who come in and who are Belizean or X, Y, and Z and who may not know about their their culture because, you know, growing up, they may not know the language, whether it's Creole, Spanish, Garifuna, or X, Y, and Z, and they want to learn about that more and they want to explore that more. So it's like, I think there's so much learning for folks, uh, for Black students specifically, not only on, on campus, but outside of uh, UCLA to learn about these cultures, but people who are part of these cultures who are still learning like myself. Very, very true. I'm going to let you know right now, I didn't know salsa came from Cuba, nor did I know it came from Afro-Latinx people. So you learn something new every day. Um, <laughs> and that's part of self-learning, you know what I'm saying? And learning about different identities, part of our pillar, amen? But yeah. Um, Javon, do you have anything to add? Yeah, for sure. I guess I can talk about um, how we do self-learning here with ASP, right? I feel like this podcast alone, the fact that we've been able to use this quarter and we've been able to talk to so many students and do so many students and kind of hear those stories, um, that kind of adds to our self-learning. I think that um, internship component, which is a part of ASP, if you don't know, the internship component is basically an internship class that is held in winter quarter and spring quarter. Um, and it's held with all the other SRCs, the different retention programs of uh, different cultural orgs. And basically through that program, you get to have a particular, we have one class period and we talk specifically within Black students and we learn about the um, cultural history of Black students on the UCLA campus. Um, you get to hear about like all the different, like all the ways that we've changed um, the, the landscape of UCLA and changed academia as a whole. And how our programming has basically been the blueprint for all other UCs and how like they've been accommodating to students of color, things like that. And you also get to talk to, like I said, a different um a different cultural orgs and their retention programs. Talking to those other cultural orgs, you also get like a kind of like an idea of how solidarity can exist um when we're talking about the retention of students of color. And obviously we're struggling with a lot of the same difficulties of making sure that not only that black students are let into school but we're able to actually survive we're able to get the resources that are necessary we're able to graduate on time with our degrees things like that so I feel like that's a big part of self-learning I would also say our mentorship component they have a ton of activities um, that they host all throughout the year including the um, I believe the brothers and sisters program they're able to have you know buddies and like mentors and mentees and that's like a perfect opportunity for you uh, as a black student especially like if you're just getting here as a freshman to kind of to talk to someone who's kind of like in a similar field than you maybe in a similar major than you and kind of like kind of what to what you were saying earlier Jayla like kind of like get that experience you know secondhand so you know how to navigate things oh I know this is the easiest one peer counselors I'm a peer counselor myself a lot of us are uh, there's a lot of peer counselors on deck. I feel like low-key, like, just having someone to talk to um, that, like, is willing to listen and doesn't have, like, the out of stress. Of, like, it's doesn't have the out of stress of being a professional. It's just someone that you can kind of, like, trust 
and is either in this a similar situation um with you or has been in a similar situation has been like really helpful of like knowing how to navigate um not just academic stuff but social stuff on this campus getting to ASP promotes self learning all day every day even have the house model and peer counseling you know where you, you have to know yourself in order to understand how you're going to navigate UCLA space in order to make create goals and um actually follow through so yeah if you want to learn more about yourself get plugged into ASP you know what I'm saying for all the listeners <laughs> um but we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna get back into it yeah, hope y'all enjoy the music. Nah, picture me rolling, tip of my chauffeur, look jealous, you gotta control it, reaching my quota, mixing my soda, feeling connected to God, trying to get closer, stepping on roaches, me and my loasters, just trying to get over, trying not to get swallowed by locusts, trying to stay focused, kind of like Moses, like somebody chose us. Sweat on my shoulder, I feel these emotions, but still I keep going. I've been to a poet, I've been through the motions, I'm feeling heroic. But life is a dice game, and they dare you to blow it. You might get a stripe, man, but that ain't gonna pay for the strollers. It's never enough to keep solar. Telling your daddy your soldier, she needs you right now at this moment. Now dead on your back with your roses. To me, I'm just carving a scotia, and fine tuning my approaches. Doubling back as an owner. you guys are enjoying the smooth tunes as we always say these this music is chosen by our guests to give a little bit of their personality kind of where their heads at how they feel about the topic at hand um and jasmine since you're hosting let's get back into the questions <laughs> all right now so based on everything that we've talked about how have your identities affected your experiences at ucla is there reasons why you specifically wanted to tackle the identities that you're focusing on in your orgs? Like, what's going on with that? How was your experience like? Um, I think I was just so deprived of community in high school. Because um, not only did I go to, like, a majority um, white and Asian high school, so, like, there was it was like maybe 1% black. Like it was, there was nobody. And then none of the black people there to my knowledge were queer identifying. So I was really just very isolated. And it was like, not having that community does a lot to your mental health, like not having a support system or anyone that can understand what you're going through. So I think when I came to college immediately, I was like, okay, I need to, I, I was living on the black floor. 
I was, um, you know, I was going to these meetings. I was like, I need to find my people. I need to find a community. So that's why I started going to black meetings and then becoming the president was kind of, it was kind of a big step for me because what happened was black is a very small org and it was even smaller when we first, like when I first joined as a freshman and the only board member was graduating. And I was like, well, if I don't step up, like no one else is going to have this community that I needed so desperately. So I just needed to pass it on like to the next generation, you know? And now I've been doing this for three years and it's just been so rewarding, not only like having community for myself, but being able to provide it for other people who have had similar experiences to me, who didn't have anyone to connect to when they were in high school before they came to UCLA. Um, so yes, it's been extremely rewarding. Um, and just it really helps you feel more secure in your identity when you have groups of people who will support you. I feel like as a lot of Afro-Latinx or Afro-Latina folks, we are grouped into being Black, which we are Black. Um, and I think being a Black student here, like people, people are not going to come to me like, oh, you're Latino. What? I mean, I haven't got that. Like, you know, I think as a black person, as a black Latino, your blackness is always first. It's very vivid. Uh, so I think in framing the question like that or answering it like that, uh, I think when it comes to a lot of different Latina orgs, we have a very um, inclusive and welcoming community. Not to say orgs in particular are not welcoming, but they're not uh, so much, especially if you're a Black Latina, if you're Black. So I think one thing about Afro-Latinx connection, you don't have to be Afro-Latinx, Afro-Latina to be part of an org. You can be Black, you can be Latina, um, you can be any type of Black, like African-American, Nigerian, East African, like anything. You can be any type of Latina. Uh, I think other orgs on campus, right? There's a very specific uh, catering to, right? Mexican-Americans or Mexican identity or Central American identity, which I'm also Central American, but I think there's a different experience when it comes to being a Black Central American, right? Um, and with that, that comes with culturally. Um, so I think, uh, you know, that's what my our org, you know, why, why I joined in my first year of college actually was because like, there was a, a very unique experience. And I think just thinking about the broader LA community, um, there's like a lot of Belizeans in LA. That's like the biggest Afro-Latinx um, populations in LA. Um, Belizeans are identified as Caribbean, Central American, Afro-Latinx, Garifu, not right. They're very complex and diverse, just like a lot of different Afro-Latin and Black people, period. Um, but I think when it came to my identity and how it impacted my experience at UCLA, I think it was a benefit rather than a rather than like a oh my gosh like I think because I'm Afro Latino I'm Latino I'm Black Latino I think it it prompted my like I what I was saying earlier is of self seeking you know a curiosity and and exploring so I feel like that's how it impacted my identity but I mean we're talking about being a Black student a Black man on campus is a different story um you know microaggressions we all know about those and people who do not know tuning in is uh, basically a substitute uh, action of racism. Um, microaggression is like, can I touch your hair? Is that your real hair? Or you must be an athlete here. Um, 
all types of stuff I've gotten that uh, down to like nonverbal microaggressions, like non-black white women clutching their purses when I walk down Bruin Walk, down to like stuff like that, um, or even in the Latina community, <laughs> people people uh, being like. Um, oh, you speak Spanish. Oh my gosh, you speak so good Spanish. Oh my God. I'm just like, what? So it's just stuff like that that I'm just like, uh, racism here, especially, is very explicit. I think it just it operates in this very interesting ways. Um, so I say that all to say, um, I think the power community has kept me grounded. Like, even part of being part of ASU, I was part of ASU my first two years, like programming committee. Um, that did a lot for me. Like connecting with uh fourth years, third years, give me the ranges and like tools to uh navigate and thrive on campus on top of breaking through survival. Yeah, I I wanted to go back to your point too about how you said like your blackness, not that it like necessarily comes first, but like it's high. I feel like at a PWI, your blackness is very hyper visible. Like obviously I have intersecting identities. But just like by nature of going to this primarily white institution, I don't feel safe unless I'm in a black space. So I feel more comfortable going to obviously like being in this space. Like, I mean, y'all are very nice and welcoming. Obviously, you aren't like queer oriented specifically, but like you're black oriented. So I feel comfortable coming here. I would feel less comfortable being in a, a queer space that wasn't designated Black. I think my Blackness really does shape the experiences I go through here. Um, and there was there was something else I wanted to say, but I think the microaggressions are also like a huge part of it. Um, I think because like Blackness is visible and queerness can be visible, but not necessarily, I face a lot more microaggressions from non-Black people than I do from Black people, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I, that's why I just feel more comfortable in like these types of spaces. And I think that's how my identity um, really does shape my experience here. Because for me, like, I am very intentional about surrounding myself with um, other Black people because I know like I'll be safe from like these microaggressions that were being brought up. Um, there was some more even being brought up like in the chat. I know y'all can't hear, but um, like expecting one thing that's like been bothering me a lot is like Giovanna had said, like when you're walking and they, a non-black person will like bump into you, like you're invisible because they expected you to like curve around them instead of just going, like, you know what I mean? Like, um it's just not it's harder to feel safe here if you're not very intentional about who you surround yourself with I'll say that no because if someone does that we're gonna have to turn into bumper cards that's what it's gonna be now I'm looking at you you're looking at me where where is this gonna go um I <laughs> I uh, I think I took a sister to sister class last year which is basically um like a black uh feminist class it's like a class for like black women um, to kind of talk about like our experiences and kind of like learn about uh, theory basically um, that make that makes up different black feminist thought and I remember in one of it it mentioned the idea of like invisibility um, in like these in mostly like white institutions when you are a person of color 
and how that's treated in like actions and how that shows up literally like physically how your how your body is perceived and I've just never forgotten that that like I have to taking up space is beyond just like you know talking in class it's like literally being in my body and understanding that it has to be respected and you bumping into me for no reason where there's a tire crosswalk that is not respect uh anyways to answer your question I feel like um being that I decided to go to a, a, a PWI I knew that I wanted to be black as hell and I wanted to be intentional um like you were saying earlier about that experience and t- intentionality means reaching out to black people reaching out to black orgs being involved in black community um I am constantly meeting like black students here that like I like that I've never met before and one of my first things that they ask is like are you in the the groupie are you like do you have any type of connect what black words are you in because I think that like having that community has really substantially changed how I navigate this school like I think like I would be in a completely different spot if I didn't have um black community to like the black community to kind of uplift me and to be aware of all the events that are going on um and things of that nature I think that also like I don't know that allows you to stay to stay afloat you know because you know that there's always going to be people um even if they don't necessarily share all your identity markers there for you because we kind of like have that that kind of like cultural understanding that like the fact that we're here is a miracle. Like these institutions were not built for us, but still we're here and we're striving. Dev, Dev felt that the bumper cars is real. I've had to learn, just walk straight because you see me, I see you. My body is noticeable. Like don't play me. Um, so definitely felt that with taking up space and trying to just be as black as you can at this PWI that doesn't really promote being as black as you can. Um, but I'm glad you guys are doing that. And I hope listeners are also trying to be intentional with living and breathing in their blackness on campus. But with that, Javon mentioned sister, sister. Y'all mentioned being in PWIs um, and how that's affected your experience. So in academic spaces, how do you use self-learning to your advantage? Like maybe in a class, um, maybe you talk to a professor about your identity. I don't know. What are some examples you guys can think of? Sorry, this one's quick. Um, maybe just because of my major. I'm a sociology major. Um, I'm a milk blackness for all that it has. You know, it's a stick up. Like if I get to write about something black, I'm gonna write about something black, no matter the um no matter the topic, because I feel like I know a lot. And also there's so much to learn. Um, I should just be an FN minor at this point, but uh, I'll give an example. I did, I took a methods class last year um, for, uh, it was like a prerequisite for my major. And um, we had to do like a, basically we had to do like a mock so, uh, like sociological study. Um, and I thought like, we'll be, a perfect place to study was the BBRC. So um, basically I got an opportunity to kind of like um, interview like different, like random people that attend the BBRC and kind of talk about like that black community there, like, you know, like as a physical space, like how that benefits the community and things like that. 
um and doing that research was like really fun and it got me really interested in like doing research overall but it also like gave me an opportunity to kind of like kind of like intersect two passions that I have which is like sociology my major and just like understanding how that community is created and how it benefits people um in academic spaces I also feel like I like maybe this is like a personal thing but I truly do not like I do not subscribe to the idea that I don't deserve to be here <laughs> um because like a lot of times we talk about um imposter syndrome um and this idea that like oh like maybe I'm a diversity pick like blase blase like I don't have all these criteria criteria but I think because I'm so like well-versed in like my history and my story and you know like the many communities that came before me I think we deserve to be here more than anyone else tbh like <laughs> I feel very confident in that and that kind of gives me like the extra oomph um to kind of get through my classes because I understand that like you know there's more at stake for us um and there's more of a benefit um I also also I should have mentioned this earlier I'm in research rookies and um I am currently doing a research project on um blackness particularly um African identity and how that's been shaped recently with the like um, kind of I want to say like a renaissance of Afrobeats and just like African culture in the modern world and again like I'm just having an opportunity to kind of like like meld those two interests in academia and kind of like put a different lens to blackness has been like really has been really fun and it's made me really like um, has been really motivating her word to research you know if you want to do some research do it on something black it always works in the end like for me i'm doing like environmental justice research environmental assessment you know what i'm saying seeing how environmental toxins mostly affect the black community in Baldwin hills as opposed to like beverly hills or other affluent white spaces like blackness is everywhere you can just research it in any topic that you want to do <laughs> um so definitely recommend um but yeah, any other examples of using your blackness in your advantage in um, UCLA? Um, mine was mine was a little shorter. It's okay. Um, I was just gonna say because the question was like being how do you use blackness in academic spaces or like find connections. One thing I'm gonna always do. I'm a I'm a cognitive science major, so I take like a good amount of STEM classes. And sometimes it'll be, I'll walk into the lecture hall, it'll be me, and it'll be one other Black person in the entire room. Guess where I'm going to sit? I'm going to sit next to the Black person every single time. I've made a, not a ton, but I've made like a good number of friends that way too. Um, and it's like, I don't know, like, because we're, we're in it together and I know like they're going to have my back no matter what. And like we exchange numbers we like do the the homeworks together and like because I know like we both know we're the only black people in this class so obviously we're in this together um and I've made like lasting friendships this way too um so I guess like that is well it's like a disadvantage but also an advantage because the disadvantage is like why is there only two black people in this lecture hall of 300 people but um the advantage is like it's like a built-in like ally like when you know like we see each other 
and so <laughs> that's like that's like my biggest thing um especially because um I've maybe had one black professor this whole time my whole time here and it was for an AFM class and I've taken two AFM classes and one of the professors only one of the professors <laughs> I'm taking Afrofuturism the next quarter because like I'm about a graduate so I'm like let me take classes I want to take and not classes I necessarily need to graduate so I'm taking Afrofuturism if anyone else is taking it come say hi come sit next to me because I'll be there <laughs> um but hopefully that's like a majority black class because if I go in there and there's only three black people in the class like I'm gonna cry oh go ahead go ahead Jasmine well, we probably have to say the same thing. I was like, say, that class is a lot of black people. It's majority black. <laughs> oh, senior year, all FM classes. So if I don't get into that class, it's a problem. It's really a problem. I'm emailing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about classes and whatnot, I'm a sociology and African American studies double major. So innately, my course track and class schedule has been blackly black black, and FM has been feeding my soul literally. Um, but really to like piggyback off of what um, Jayla said about earlier, like with classes and like being intentional, like even in sociology classes, like my black peers that I know, are oh, you taking that class right there this quarter? Let's take it together. Yep. Sit next to each other, all that. Do study groups, all that. Um, I think for like, you know, Giovanna's point about just ensuring that you literally write about blackness and x y and z in sociology i literally have done that every class like sociology religion we had to study a a religious group in la baptist christians right off of jefferson in south central like stop playing with me um down to like <laughs> down to like social psychology and like doing your project on like uh i think i did mine on black students too here you say la um but it was, I, I I do that. Like, I make sure to take a space and utilize my Blackness and implement it in my learning. Because I think um, in sociology, but I think social sciences, you have that flexibility, especially if it's, like, a lot of writing. Um, also, there's classes on, a lot of classes, actually, on Afro-Latinx identity. With, like, ALC, we have, like, a whole course track here, you say, there's about, like, 10 not just within African-American studies department, but the Chicanx and Central, Amer Central American studies department, the Spanish department, and the uh, some other department. But <laughs> um, I think just the idea that there's classes on Afro-Latinidad and just Black people in Latin America and the Caribbean is hella dope. And uh, those are some of the classes that I've taken that really like spoke to my experience as an Afro-Latino and just gave way to like, not only my culture, but like my familial history and uh, whatnot. So yeah, I really, I can genuinely say I've had the opportunity to really maximize on that, on those things here. Yes, definitely all the points y'all were saying. If I can give any recommendations to a black student, become an AFM minor or take an AFM class at least. That's where you find all the black people. You will not be disappointed in the discussion. Is magnificent. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel like if you're in these spaces, you can be comfortable with what you're talking about. Just know that you have other Black people that can relate to stuff that you're interested in and the class that you're interested in. So definitely recommend. Um, cool. So I'm going to say this should be like the last couple questions. Um, 
So students of color and black students of color, what are things that you've learned about black students that came before you? Um, and how has that motivated you in your study? I think for me, especially being at UCLA, like thinking about how ASU literally fought for the BBRC, the Black Brewing Resource Center on campus um, for years and how like essential it is in our community now. I think about that and like how I have a place to study or just socialize or just outside of general body meetings for like a lot of different orgs on campus, like ASU, like Black, like LC and ASP and all NSA, like we could just commute there and just interact and be Black and unapologetic and just exist. Um, I think that was really dope. I think about the BBRC, but also I think about students who may not seek help or like maximizing the resources because I feel like you know they're going through imposter syndrome like me at one point my first year uh and we're just like man I don't really need that like I'm gonna do because I feel like especially black students here we come from a already high achieving background from our high schools like you know we got in from having a pretty dope student application and and you know profile so uh I think this idea of like okay I got this, I'm going to do this, this, X, Y, and Z. And I don't really need no one. Like, I got this. Like, And you see, you for me at least, I can, I've compared myself to my non-Black student counterparts. And I'm like, damn, they're doing all this. And they're, they're doing X, Y, and Z. But I'm like, no, I'm a Black student. I am me. I am not them. Um, I think different, differentiating and being, and being uh, honest when it comes to, like, what does your success look like here? What is your achievements look like here compared to these students and how can I make sure that I really tap in with my community and resources that are here for me as a black student um regardless of like my high school 4.0 background you know what I mean so I think that that is what I've been made sure to do is like maximize my resources seek out help when I need help um yeah as a student as a human as a black person so yeah um for in terms of like this the things that like black people before us have done I think um one thing that's really important is continuing to pass down the traditions that we learned onto the next generation like obviously the people before us have like you know been fighting then collectivized collect taking collective action um and like strategizing to make change and now Coming back from a virtual environment, I think it's just as important for us, especially um, a lot of us are fourth years, like I'm about to graduate and I want to make sure like the next generation of students knows like some of these things that the older students have taught us when we were younger. And I think because a lot of the younger students started off on Zoom or weren't as like like some of the things it's been harder to transition from a virtual environment, whether it be in high school or your first year of college or whenever you were virtual, um, bringing back that sense of community. I think there's a lot to learn from alumni, even reaching out to alumni saying, hey, like, how do we reinstate these things um, post COVID? Uh, not post COVID, COVID's still here, but like post virtual learning. Um, so it's like, I think, just because this like the alumni don't currently attend here, I think we still do have these connections and I think we can utilize them to 
pass on the information that they pass to us onto the next generation of students that will be admitted um, very soon, actually, in um, April. <laughs> Listen, virtual world, that's all I knew coming into college. 2020, that's when I was a freshman. 2020 is when I graduated from high school. The way things are changing, just because things are virtual and going into person, this was in the Black community in general, it's been very interesting. I've seen all aspects of it, and I hope that we're able to like reinstate some traditions that may have gotten lost in COVID because I'm about to graduate next year. Like I need to be able to experience these things. It's very important. It's two seconds before us. I think that, ooh, kind of to your point, um, about like continuing legacies and like continuing like passion passing down things to like future students I just think about like the um students of color the black students here that were like you know attending UCLA and like states of like deep civil unrest you know I think of like you know we we had um we've had like black panther party members like murdered on this campus we this campus has been around um like during the the talks of affirmative action and after that was like completely denied in the UC system and things of that nature so like there's been like a lot of political strife that's that's gone on um while black students have been at UCLA just trying to get by and because they were impacted by our like our administration how racist that they used to be and sometimes still are um they've put in like they put into the black community like certain like safety nets um so black students are able to like survive this campus and i think a lot about like the retention program you know like we here at asb care a lot about retention um and giving like students the ability to like be readmitted into the university and things of that nature and I just think about like the fact that that was like intentional and that was done for a purpose because like like to be able to like plan that out and to create a system that can continue working for future generations of black students I feel like that takes a lot of like foresight and it takes a lot of understanding of what our individual communities need um and how we can continue succeeding so yeah, I want to be able to like leave or leave some kind of mark uh, on the campus of that nature, and um, continue like hopefully like contributing to the Missouri Black community in a way that like future generations of students be like, wow, a student came up with this idea that is still beneficial to us. I feel like I learned a lot from y'all. You know what I'm saying about how you've all created space not just with being black but in your different like intersectionalities and different identities and you're making events so more people more black people <laughs> included on campus within their different identities you're using your blackness and your experiences of being black to connect with other black students so we can be retained together you're writing about black experiences in your classes because it's not often talked about <laughs> you're just creating space where there needs to be space because these institutions weren't created for black students 
period. And that Black students with various intersectional identities. So it's really powerful, you know, talking about y'all and how, like, you're learning from yourself, learning about your identities, learning about different identities on campus, and just having this conversation. So would you guys have any concluding statements that you'd like to give out? Like, how do you think our collective history empowers us on campus? And, like, what can we do to make sure that future generations feel the love that we poured in to our different orgs so that Black students feel included on campus? This is something small, but this is the message that I want to pass along to the learners. I feel like we've lost the smile rule, which is if you see another Black Bruin on campus, you need to smile at them. <laughs> that was something that was lost through virtual learning. I've noticed, I've noticed a lot of um, the times um, people who did not attend UCLA before virtual learning don't know that rule. So now it's public knowledge. We need to smile at each other and just be there for each other, be in community. Um, because I like, why am I smiling at you when you're you're looking away? Like <laughs> the social anxiety built during COVID is real, but we're so I'm learning some things. You know, it's nice to be nice to other black people that you see, um, and let them cut in line with you when you get food. Amen. Yes, because we need to support each other. <laughs> Not just food. Bruin bash tickets, concerts, like whatever, like basketball game, like whatever we're waiting in line for. Even if even if I don't know you, you're my cousin now. Like no, I would say <laughs> I would say a word or message that I would want to share to the learners and people uh for the community and what the history our his collective history here on campus and the broader solaces. Seek support, seek community. When not just you're not just when you're in need of help, but when you're feeling good about yourself, when you wanna, you know, learn about yourself, when you wanna just love on yourself, when you wanna learn how to love yourself, um, whatever intersectional identity you have as a black person. So I would just say, yeah, seek help when you want to, when you when it's not needed, just seek, put yourself out there. Um, I think the last thing would be. This may be coming from like an organizing part of me, but really give back. You know, I think we have so much to offer as Black students, not only at this institution, because we make this institution, but um, when we come back to our respective communities or where we branch out and grow into our different communities to give back, um, whatever that looks like. I know that may sound corny, but give back what you can, what you learn, what you gained and accumulated here at UCLA and beyond. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I think my thing is literally just stay connected in any capacity that you can. I feel like even if it's just reading the, the group me messages, liking a couple of them, thinking about, I don't know, following different Instagram pages, attending events. Like I think that like you should never let these years feel lonely to you or feel like you don't have um, a footing within like the black community because I think we're we will like accept almost anyone um as long as you're pouring into us as well. So yeah, just stay connected. Don't be a stranger. Smile. Very, very true. Make sure to smile, y'all. Well <clears throat> it's been real. You know what I'm saying? Talk about a lot, shared a lot. It's been beautiful. 
And we'll see you all next time in the empowerment zone. Thanks for listening, y'all. <laughs>